is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Finally, the Players' Lounge is back. We are back, baby. It is training camp time. Newey Scruggs joined by four <laughs> Dallas Cowboys safeties. Barry Church and Daniel McCray, the boys are back together. We're back together. We're a team. Baby. We're a team. And I'm excited to be out here. Woo, it is so fun to be out here. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Now, now, Nui, where, where are you? I am here at Cowboys Camp in Oxnard, California. So I'm, I'm here, uh, you know, in this nice weather. It's beautiful weather. I'm going to move back to California. It's just, just <laughs> nice So I'm coming back well, to Cal. Goodness. So 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 I'm going to say, so the show, the show going to be webbed in every time. Huh, Church, where you at right now? You, you, you up there at camp or you at home? Enjoying that great weather with Louie uh, over there in Oxnard, but you know I'm I'm visiting the in-laws right now, so I'm in the the great city of Cleveland, Ohio. That's where mm-hmm. you're going right now. So what do we can do with that. Cleveland, baby. <laughs> uh, they just they just changed the baseball team's name from the Indians to the Guardians. I got to the cover Guardians. a 1995 uh, World Series team up there, man. So Cleveland, so east side or west side of Cleveland? Where you at up there? I'm on I'm on the west side of Cleveland. I'm, gonna, okay. I'm in between Cleveland and Toledo in this small town called Amherst. If you ever watched yeah, Varsity yeah, Blues, yeah, so you watch Varsity Blues, they you know, shut down the whole town for football on Friday and everything like yeah. that. It's one of those. It's, it's one of those towns where, you know, it's, it, hey, it's, it's real small. I'm going to just put it like that. It's real small. <laughs> All right, man. Great football fans in Cleveland. Great football fans. Of course, the Cowboys are going to head up to Ohio for the Hall of Fame game August 5th, which will be on NBC. And then you've got those three outstanding Hall of Fame ceremonies, uh, inductions we're looking forward to. Bill, uh, we, we got Jimmy Johnson, who's going to join Bill Cowher. Those guys go in there as coaches. And you got Cliff Harris, who's a part of that centennial class of 10 other guys. And then you got Drew Pearson, who's a part of the 2021 class. So Ohio will be rocking. I'm excited to go up there. Uh, guys, let's jump, let's jump into uh, training camp. And this was an issue that Zeke has been hit with. Dak is going to talk later on today. And that's about players getting vaccinated because the NFL has basically thrown down the gauntlet to say, hey, look, you unvaccinated guys, there's a COVID outbreak, we're taking checks. You're not going to affect our bottom line here. Uh, what did you guys think about that? I'll start with you, Danny. Yeah, man, listen, it, it, I think we, we're, we're over a year into this, you know, the, the, the vaccines, people have been taking them for a while, and uh, I have mine, and it, it's, it's kind of been proven that, that these things work, and, and you should go out and get you one. You know, people are begging for, for people to get one. We have new new uh, variants on the rise, so the only thing to really protect the season 100% is for these guys to get vaccinated. So I understand where the NFL is coming from, and, it, and it's kind of tough you know, uh, to, to force players to, to, to do it. But when, once you start talking about taking money out of their pockets, I think you're going to see a little bit of change coming uh, c- coming our way. Yeah, and for me, you know, I could see where these guys were saying, you know, I don't really want to take the vaccine or nothing like that because I was never huge into the flu shots and all that other stuff. But once this COVID outbreak started happening, you know, I was one of the only uh, people, part of my family to get it, get the, get the COVID shot. And then the rest of my family, my wife and my kids, they all had got it. And, you know, nothing had came on to me. I didn't feel any side effects or no anything like that. So 
for me, I, one, I believe in the shot. I think it works. And two, like you said, McCray, when they start taking game checks, and you're talking about that bread, that money that these players are going out there and playing these games for, you're going to get a lot of tension in that locker room, especially from guys that are unvaccinated, feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. I don't need to to be, you know, coerced into getting these shots and anything like that. And then you got your other side of the team, the majority of the team that probably got vaxxed are saying, hey, if y'all cause an outbreak and we have to miss a game and we're not getting these paychecks, that, that's a huge problem because some of these guys, their, their paychecks are looking like, you know, 500000 600000 per game. And when you take that away from them, the players are going to get pretty salty. So I feel like there's going to be a big tension amongst most teams between the unvaccinated players and the vaccinated players. It's just going to cause a huge tension. Tension, And I think the NFL, I think they had to do this. I think they had to do this because, like you said earlier, Nui, it affects the bottom line. When you're not playing games, the NFL is losing money. These teams are losing money. These owners losing money. And it affects the bottom line. And when you start playing with guys' money, that's when things start to get a little haywire. So I think the NFL had to do this. It's just, you know, hopefully nobody gets an outbreak or not because when cats start losing money, uh, all hell's going to break loose. Listen, I, I, I want to know if the NFL collected any data, did any surveys with their players trying to figure out what was the hesitancy, uh, you know, from them getting the vaccine. And then if they saw some of the results and was like, all right, some of this stuff isn't making sense. So we feel like these guys should be getting the vaccine or are you giving kind of leeway to guys who might have health issues who say they don't want to take it because they may be on some other medication and it might affect them in a different way uh, I, I i would really like like to know that because you know we, we're watching guys like cole beasley on uh on, on twitter going back and forth with guys and he's not really given a valid reason for why he doesn't want to take the vaccine or why he feels like he shouldn't have to I go back into looking at what happened last year for many NFL teams, and we saw a lot of empty stadiums. The Cowboys were one of the few teams that ended up being able to really you know, take advantage and get people in there. There were a lot of folks who just didn't have any, uh, any folks in the stands, so there was a lot of money lost. And to me, this is the NFL ownership saying, hey, look, we're not we're not about to lose any more dollars than we need to. If we had to, quote unquote, force these guys to do it, this is their way around getting players to get vaccinated. Start talking about game checks. Ed Werder of ESPN brought that up to Ezekiel Elliott at the press conference yesterday. And, and he said, oh, yeah, it's about taking game checks. And Elliott was like, whoa, whoa. At that point, he didn't know about it. He's like, whoa, to our checks. So. This is what they're going to do. They're going to basically make you go get the shot if you're a player. And the same thing if you work for a club, okay? And we're not just talking about just players, but if you're a staff for a club, you're going to have to do this. I ended up going to um, a luncheon with a major sports attorney, and I asked a couple months ago, I said, so basically what you're saying is you're not going to force anyone to do it, but you're going to limit their ability to have access and do their job. You're just going to make them go work in a corner somewhere. And they kind of just smile and gave me the nod of, uh-huh. That's what's going to happen. Um, I come back to what's the, the alternative. The alternative? The alternative? Yeah, like. Oh, it's, it's easy. Okay, so, all right, let's just say you work for a club, and you've said, I don't want to do this. And you, you know, you're, you're, uh, you work in the office. They'll just go put you somewhere by yourself, and you go wear your mask, and you're just going to basically do your job away from people. And you're going to walk around kind of being that person who doesn't have it. Uh, in terms of a shot, and, and people are going to know. And so I think it's going to become almost that, that peer pressure that goes into it that eventually you're going to have to do it, but it's going to limit your ability to do the job. I'll tell you this, guys, from a media standpoint, they've told us, if you're not fully vaccinated, you can't be out here. You cannot be out here. And then the first day of um, 
the presser, when they had the opening presser, I had to come in at 8 a.m. and get a get a COVID uh, test because mine hadn't been recent. I've, I've got my vaccinations, but I had to get a recent one. And it was at 8, and they said, hey, we'll let you know by 8.30. And nobody ever called me. And, and Michael Gelk of the Dallas Morning News, we, we had it. And I said, I guess, I said, I guess we're okay. And I said, no, I know we're okay. Because if we weren't, somebody would have snatched us up out of this complex <laughs> real fast. And told us ASAP. Out of here. <laughs> right. So that, that's what it is. And, and I don't know if you remember the press conference Jerry had, the draft press conference, where he basically started talking about, hey, people need to get vaccinated. We want vaccinations to get done. And nobody's going to be in his war room without the vaccination. I mean, he's been preaching this for a while. And, and, and you know Jerry, when he speaks on something like this, he's not talking about the Cowboys. Jerry's talking about the NFL because Jerry's about that dollar. Making me want to make as much money as he can. Jerry's me, also eighty. He's this. also pushing eighty. All right. So uh, mm -hmm. you know, COVID affects the, the the older people way more than it does the younger people. So Jerry's trying to be safe. He don't want nobody to be around him that could possibly cost him something like like his life or his health at, at this point. Well, let me ask you a question, Louie. What, what do you think is the 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 daily routine of a player who's unvaccinated? Like, do you have to you know warm up in in separate locker rooms, get dressed in separate locker rooms? Are you allowed to go to the meetings, but you just got to be masked up the whole time? Like, you, do you know how that routine goes for an unvaccinated player? All right, great question. They have not given out any names of who's not vaccinated, and they've not told us about any anything going on behind the scenes. So they're trying to protect okay. the players at that point, which I think is smart. I think that's a very smart thing with what we're seeing from the Cowboys. So we don't know who is uh, vaccinated or, uh, in, in terms of, you know, unvaccinated. Uh, we only knew that Zeke was vaccinated because he told us. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm assuming Dak Prescott is, but when I spoke to Dak Prescott uh, at Tynasecki's golf tournament, he did not want to say whether he was or whether he wasn't. But I just got to believe that Dak is doing it. And Zeke yesterday said he did it for the team. And I think you're yeah. going to see a lot of guys who, who end up doing it saying they did it for the team. Now, this is just my personal take. And you guys all play college football. Before you step on a college campus, you got to give shot records. You know, you have to have records or, or, or get certain, certain shots, you know, in order to go to college. And then if you have small kids and your kids are in elementary school, but you got to have records. You got to have shot records and vaccinations in order to send your kid to school. So to me, this is kind of really what we've been doing our whole lives. At some point in time, you know what, if you want to go do some of these things you want to do, it's supposed to be employed, you got to present vaccinations to people to make sure that you're safe and you're good to go. And if we didn't have any issue with it to go to college or to go send our children to, to, to primary school, I wonder why so many people are so upset about doing it now. And that's just my, my opinion. So, so let me get the rule right here. So if, if an unvaccinated player from a specific team causes some type of outbreak, not only does that team lose that game or forfeit that game, they also forfeit their game checks. But the opposing team that's coming in to play them, they also they forfeit their game checks as well. Is that, is that correct? The, the memo that sent out, that was my understanding of it. Basically, <laughs> guess what? Ain't nobody getting paid. <laughs> which, which, and if you think about it, what a gangster move by the league. Okay, we yeah. got some holdouts. Oh, okay, Colby's. Oh, you out here, Cole? Okay, we got some holdouts. Well, guess what? What, what's, what's, yeah, what wins every time? Straight cash, homie. Money. Straight cash. Yeah. And you guys, you guys are both married. Could you imagine sitting here going home telling mama, hey, yeah, uh, we're not getting that check this week. Because so-and-so and such-and-such -so -such decided that they were, you know, they didn't do enough. They weren't comfortable with their research and didn't get the backs. So there's no check this week. And for many, many fans don't understand it. You guys know this. So educate them. A lot of guys are paid week to week in the NFL for their contracts. 
Yeah. A lot of them are playing week to week. That that Tuesday that comes around, that's that's that game check. And you, you wait for it every single Tuesday that comes around. But I got, I got a quick question for y'all as well. I want, y'all, I want both of y'all to answer this one. So what if, because at the end of the day, you know, once you get to the playoffs, everybody has the same game check. It's not like, you know, you're, you're getting your regular, se- your regular season check. So everybody gets around 20 or 25, I think, for that game when you reach the playoffs. So if there's an outbreak, and, you know, they can't reschedule this playoff game. So the players will lose 25 grand, okay. But the NFL as a whole, that, that missing that playoff game right there will cost them, you know, tons of money. So I wonder if they revisit the rules once the playoff starts. Because if they don't have any playoff games and they just let that team go ahead and advance, they're losing out on millions and millions just for that one game. I'll start on this one. I think it's moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts here. You know, everything, you know, things consistently change. So uh, I think you just have to kind of work your way through it. And so you're talking about something that's going to happen in January. And Lord knows where the world will be and where this virus will be and these different variants in January. So I think you just kind of, so many ways, if you're Roger Goodell and company, you play it by, you know, the seat of your pants and just figure it out as you got to figure it out. (laughs) I want to know, so so at what point do, well, at what point does it go, hey, man, look, we, we had to forfeit a game in week two because we had an unvaccinated guy cause an outbreak. At what point do the players in the locker room, the coaches, the GM say, hey, man, look, if you unvaccinated, just don't show up. Like, don't don't show up. Stay at home. We'll find somebody else to come in here and, and, and take over this. So at least we have a shot to play the game and win it because it, it's only going to be so many times that, that the players in the locker room are going to allow you to cost them their money. Uh, before oh, we yeah. start seeing some some angst in the locker room, and say, "Hey, man, look, if you ain't vaccinated, we just don't want you to come play. We don't need you to come play because if you are, then it's just gonna cost us. Uh, we're gonna forfeit the game anyway. So just give us a chance to go out there and play the game that we love with the vaccinated guys, the guys who are gonna come out here and be healthy and be able to uh, to play without having to worry about something like that." So you, you think Kyler imagine? Murray and JJ Watt? You think Kyler Murray and JJ Watt are gonna yeah. go with the DeAndre Hawkins and just say, "Stay home, man"? Nah, they, they ain't gonna if, do if, that. If, if he if if he, if he cost them if he continuously cost them to have to forfeit games, I, I believe so. I mean, just imagine, just imagine you 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 going into one game. You know, some of these cats are making like I said six six fifty a game, seven hundred thousand a game, and you got the same dude costing you twice. I mean, that's that's one point four mil right there out of your paycheck that you couldn't even control because somebody else decided to not to get the the vaccine. I mean, that's got to be a lot of tension, and I mean that that locker room is going to be. You could split the tension with a knife in that locker room if, <laughs> if that were to happen. So I'm I'm just glad I'm not a half, don't have to be a part of that. One. Mm. So this is this is one of those major parts of the National Football League that we're going to have to kind of keep keep tabs on here. The the entire coaching staff has been vaccinated. That's what uh, Jerry admitted to. Mike McCarthy said he had some questions about it. He wasn't on board, but eventually he came around and and got it. So we'll we'll see. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out, especially former Dallas Cowboy Cole Beasley. Does he continue to to keep his stance? What is DeAndre Hopkins of the of the Arizona Cardinals? What does he do? So we, we shall see. I just hope that we're able to see football games and not have anything interrupted by COVID. And maybe right now I'm just on this this idealistic cloud because I'm here at training camp in California and, and we had one practicing yesterday and I'm just hopeful. So that's my thing, man. I'm just, just very hopeful. Let me take the Players Lounge, which is brought to you by Hotels.com, uh, Barry Church, Danny McCray, Newey Scruggs. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. It was okay. nice to see Dak out here moving 
he had a couple boots and waggles and one he, he was got out there uh, started rolling left threw against his body fired a nice shot over to Michael Gallup and I just I just kind of did a silent clap to say, man, it's good to see Dak Prescott back. It's good to see him doing his thing. And there were no pads yesterday, but just to see him moving, man, it just it was good to see because all three of us are Dak fans in terms of who he is as a man. And you know mm -hmm. what kind of work all these guys put in here and working with Britt Brown, who was recognized by the team. It was just good to see four man doing his thing. All right, I got a two-part question for you, Nui, here. One, uh, I want to know how did he look you know, as far as backpedaling, three-step, when he was rolling out on those bootlegs, did the, did the ankle look any stiff or anything like that? And then my other question is, you know, we talked about this earlier in the Players' Lounge, where when he goes into these team drills and all this stuff, was there anybody even close near to him? Like, or did the pass rush not even exist? They just say, you know what, basically, you're doing seven-on-seven. Seven. How did they approach that when they got into the team drills with Dak Prescott? Team drill, Dak went right at it. Nobody got mm -hmm. close to him at all, but they sent him out there. And he looked good. Uh, the fans right. were clapping. You know, Dak, Dak looked fine. And, you know, what I can't say enough about the Dallas Cowboys strength and conditioning staff, which worked with him. You can't say enough about Dak as he put in the work. Blake Jarwin spoke to us, the tight end who came off the ACL and missed 15 games. Tyron Smith who missed 14 games. Uh, they, they all spoke about how they were in the, in the weight room grinding and getting things done. And McCarthy, Coach McCarthy and, and Jerry and Stephen Jones spoke about how they recognized Britt Brown uh, before, before camp started for the work he did. They had so many guys and what he did to get them back. And you all know Britt from your time of working oh, with yeah. him. One of, the, one of the unsung heroes is you need somebody who's committed to making sure you're there and committed to helping you as you go through a process. And Blake Jarvin did a nice job of talking about, hey, I had these old milestones, and sometimes I met them, sometimes I didn't, but just keep working and, and pushing. And, and Dak Prescott did the work, man. I give, I give him credit and the Cowboys credit. They did the work to try to make sure he could get to this point. Church, Church, I'll tell you this. As I'm sitting at my desk uh, throughout the offseason while everybody's gone, I look behind me, and I see Blake Jarvin, and I see uh, Collins, I see Dak. And these guys are going 100% full speed. Brits out there wearing them out on the ropes. They're running 100-yard sprints, 40-yard sprints. Dak's doing everything that he can possibly do to be ready. And he looks smooth, man. He looks smooth. So I can only imagine what Nui's out there seeing. But you can tell that he's ready to go. That's something that fans don't truly understand. And in a lot of ways, even I can't understand because I'm just a media guy. You all played, okay? You two were safeties in this league. You put in work. You've been hurt. You've seen other guys who've been hurt. And it could be a lonely existence. I remember Bill Parcells, when he coached here, there were guys who were complaining, man, Bill didn't even look at me if I was hurt because it was like he couldn't do, I couldn't do anything <laughs> for him. And, and it could be a lonely existence where everybody else is out here playing in football games, you're on the sidelines, or you're coming in early and you're doing this work. And I think from listening to what the guys are telling me, that this has been a bonding experience as they all were trying to push each other to get back to this point. And yesterday, be, yesterday being the first practice, it was a milestone for these guys. I mean, to, to look at Tyron, first off, Tyron looks good. He, he came over to the media with no shirt on. And I saw that. I saw a picture. I've I never seen 310 look so cut up. I'm like, man, ain't no way that man's 310. My oh, boy had abs and everything. I said, uh-oh. Here go. I told you, 2011 Tyron. 2011 Tyrants back. Here y'all go, man. Here y'all go. All right, I'm, I'm sure. You know, whatever. Listen, I, I hope I hope he plays great. 
hope he plays great. I hope he's healthy. I'm sure he looks good, man. Shout out to Kendall and and all those guys in the in the weight room that's out there making them work hard and getting them ready to uh, uh, to play this season. But all but I like can go saying, by is what I see. But like, like you were saying, Nui, you know. That, that process when you're going through uh, rehab and all that stuff from a serious injury, it, it does get super lonely. I mean, I remember when I did my Achilles early in the season and I missed basically the whole season, you don't even feel like you're part of the team. I mean, you come in early, get your rehab. When you get out of rehab, the, the team's already outside on the grass working out. So you you rarely get to see people and it, and it becomes like, man, this is just me by myself. But Brick Brown, I mean, he does a hell of a job there of keeping you included, keeping you keeping your spirits up high. And like you said, those milestones, those milestones are important because even if you don't hit it, I mean, Brick does just a great job of keeping you uplifted and saying, like, look, you're going to get there. You're going to get back to your word and even better. And so for him to have those guys like Tyron Smith and Lyell and all those guys doing rehab with him, I'm sure it made them a lot group, uh, a lot closer of a group. And you got guys to push you. I mean, when you see the offensive linemen going at it as hard as they're going, you're saying, you know what, if I, if I want to get back healthy, I got to go just as hard as they do. So I'm glad he had those uh, fellow teammates in there rehabbing with him. And hopefully they all come out here and, and perform extremely well this season. I, I'll say this. I remember church, man. I remember church ruptured that Achilles. He scooted. He, he had a little scooter that he would come in on. So he had his leg up and he had, he would scoot in. The first time that Church came into the defensive meeting room, my man had a full beard. He wasn't shaved. You know, everything was going. I said, "Oh man, Rob Ryan." As soon as Church left, Rob Ryan said, "Hey man, look, y'all make sure y'all put y'all arms around Church. All right, we don't want to forget about our guys. You know, because because you can't get lonely, if, especially if you don't have another guy in there that." that has sustained one of those type of injuries and it's just you and Britt, like it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do. So, so, so shout out to those guys for, for like making it, making it something that, that they all worked hard together to, to, to be ready for this first practice. All right, guys, let's take a break here. Well, when we come back, let's dive into Hard Knocks. I asked Mike McCarthy a question about perceptions and how he may be perceived with this HBO reality show. And I'll get you uh, his, what he said and kind of my opinion also on it. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott taking blame for what happened last year and not having a good NFL season. And we have a assistant coach who has been let go because he refuses to take the COVID-19 shot. Let's dive into that. A lot to get to right here on the Players' Lounge with Barry Church, Danny McRae, and me, Newey Scruggs, right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. 
You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo quiero, yo quiero guacamole. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. All right, here we are, Players Lounge. I'm Newey Scruggs, live here, Oxnard, California, with the Cowboys. Barry Church, Danny McRae, back at uh, their respective homes in the DFW area. Actually, Barry's out to, in Ohio right now. <laughs> and he'll, he'll, you never know what church going to be, baby. Church all across the country, baby. That's why the show's brought, sponsored by Hotels.com, you know, because they're trying to keep up with Barry. And wherever he give you is, your best so. deals. They'll give you the best deals. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then I got, got these brand new Bose headphones here to make my ears sound all nicey nice. Hey, uh, we were talking about vaccines and and just what the Cowboys are going through in the league. Well, here is a firing that has happened because an assistant coach has refused to take the COVID-19 shot. Um, Rick Dennison. He's out as a Minnesota Vikings assistant coach. He was a Vikings O-line coach and run game coordinator for the past two seasons. He's the first NFL position coach to part ways with this team after choosing not to receive the vaccine. Vaccines required for all Tier 1 staff, including coaches, front office, executives, equipment managers, and scouts. Now, players are not required to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, but will face strict protocols during training camp and throughout the season. So, uh, there you go, my friends. Uh, and they promoted Paul Rasher. I mean, Phil Rasher to be the uh, O-line coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. He, he, must be, he must be very comfortable, you know, where he's at, you know, financially in life um, to just get, give that up like that. I, you know, I don't know if that could be me, you know, you know, but, you know, different strokes for different folks. But, you know, that's a, that's a really good job he had for the past two years, O-line, um, head O-line coach plus the run game coordinator. Um, to give that up, you know, just because you didn't want to take a shot, you know, hey, you know, you know, to each his own, I guess. But to me, I couldn't give up those ducats like that. Um, but like I said, maybe he's more financially uh, responsible and stable than, than most. But uh, that's, that's a good job to give up just Church. for a shot. Church, I don't know, man. I think I'm seeing a bluff get called. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he was, he was getting let go, man, because if you look at their run game, Dalvin Cook has been going crazy. So he probably yeah. felt really, really valuable in this position. They was like, listen, listen, if that's what y'all got to do, then go ahead and do it. He went home and he sat on the couch and he, tried, he just sat there and wondered, like, am I going to get that phone call? Am I going to get it? And they gave it to him. They called his brother, man, you up out of there. Our O-line is good. We got Dalvin Cook. We can find somebody else to come in here and step in and get this thing rolling. Because you think about it, do, do you, does he, is he going to get a job somewhere else? You know what I mean? If, the, if, the, if Minnesota's doing that, cracking down on it like that, I'm sure, you know, the rest of the NFL well, assume well, no. to do the same type of thing. Well, no, he's not because it's required. This is a league requirement, so he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, so he, just, yeah, so where are you going to go? This is what the Vikings do, but this is – yeah. yeah. So it's required. The, you know, the vaccine is required for all Tier 1 staff, including coaches, um, equipment managers, front office executives. So, so it's not like Rick Dennison can say, hey, man, I wasn't down with the Vikings one. Let me go over here and work for the Jaguars. Let me go over here and work for Carolina. Nah, you're out of, you're out of work. So, all right, if that's the we'll hill see. you want to die on, if that's the hill you want to die on, go ahead. <laughs> 
Go ahead. And, 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 so, and I don't hey, understand because everything's already, you know, every, every job's already taken up. So the season's about to start. So, you know, maybe we'll take church, a year off. I don't know. Would you would, would you rather die on that hill or die on the hill that Colombo died on? Oh, oh, I'm Colombo all the way. I'm, I'm, I'm Colombo. <laughs> yeah, because I can see Colombo, you know, feeling like he was disrespected and just his manhood was challenged. And then you can always, if I'm Colombo, I can say, all right, let me go get a job somewhere else. But this guy, I mean, you said no to the vaccine. Everywhere else is gonna gonna uh, make you do the same thing. So, I'm dying on the hill that Colombo died on. I ain't, I ain't messing with uh, my boy over here. All right, so there you go. The Vikings assistant O line coach refused the uh, COVID vaccine uh, shot, and so he's out of work. And we'll see what happens the rest of the way as training camps have begun across the National Football League. Anyone else who uh, tries to stick to their guns who's not a player players are different I, people keep asking about this like understand the players have a union the players have a union and they have to work collectively with the owners on this um other folks if you're a staff uh, different we're media so people ask me about it. hey man you're the media guess what we all have a union we got no rules it's real simple you want to come to camp get shot get two shots and get two shots can't come to camp real simple what do you want to do all i know is about to be 100 degrees next week in texas and I'm not going to be there. I'm right here. <laughs> we ain't got, got stabbed up. We got stabbed up, so I'm good. <laughs> no, you good. You're going to enjoy that hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to hold your principles going on, you're all good. I'm going to be up here in the sunshine enjoying it. All right, what questions do you guys have from day one of camp? No pads yet, so what What, what do you have here? Come I got to know. Okay, I got to know. I got to know. Get, who is the starting Front seven. Actually, I don't even want to know the front seven. Just give me the linebackers. Who Who's starting, and then how does Michael Parsons look? Does he look like he is going to make some noise and crack that starting lineup? Okay, once again, and you guys have, have always preached this, uh, no pads, no pads. But we mm-hmm. saw Van Der Esch and we saw Jalen Smith out there. So late Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith were out there. Parsons was running some with the ones, and they had him lined up at defensive end, you know, on the line sometimes. They had a drop in. So they, had, they, were, they, they were working all three of them in there. So they clearly want to make sure that Micah Parsons is a part of the game plan. We got to talk to Micah yesterday in the media session, and I asked him specifically, I said, how did it feel considering you didn't play football at all last year at Penn State? And he told me that he felt he started getting his groove back and getting into the, into the mix at Cowboys rookie minicamp. So he felt he was good then. But once again, let's see what happens when the pads are going and, and, and guys are trying to understand what to do with these defensive calls. But it's clear they think a lot of the player and they're going to try to find a way to put him on the football field. Wait, so but are you... But are you but are you saying that he ran with the ones with Van Der Esch and then he also ran with the ones with Jalen Smith? Or was one of them consistently in with the ones that he was rotating with the other? They, they had, yeah, they had Parsons, Parsons did a lot of rotating. So he's in a lot of, he was in a lot of different, uh, diff, different packages, but he did see time with the ones when they had Van Der They did put all three guys out there on the football field. Okay. So we did okay. see, so we did, we did see right. that. But they, they're going to figure out, yes, they're, they're going to find a way to have, you know, these three guys out here in some packages or, you know, definitely. They, they got a plan for Parsons. So I, I would feel really good uh, about this first round pick and the expectations. And obviously, can, can he, can, what can he absorb? Dan Quinn's going to throw a lot at him and then we'll see exactly what he can soak in. So, so, to, so to me, it sounds like he's, he's eating into somebody's snaps. That's what it sounds like to me. Either it's going to be at one of them linebacker positions or he's going to be coming off the edge of defensive end in, in a third down 
something. He's going to be eating into somebody's snaps is what I'm hearing right now. But the question I got to ask you about training camp and battles and all that going on is I got to come to my favorite battle of camp so far. And it's got to be the tight end position because you got a guy in Blake Jarwin who we've already paid um, a boat ton of money to who has the, the physical traits to be one of these outstanding vertical threat line, or vertical threat tight ends out there. You know, Travis, Kelsey, those type of uh, tight ends. But you also got Dalton Schultz, who I think is a hard worker. We saw him go out there and improve his game, um, game after game last season. He was able to beat his one-on-ones. And I don't see him just, you know, just giving, conceding the uh, tight end number one spot to Blake Jarwin. So what do you see between those two at that tight end position at that battle during camp? Once again, just one day. One day. And I thought both guys looked good. Even Sean McCune, the third tight end, had a nice little catch here. So... Uh, one of the things I love, Trevon Diggs, who's working on that second contract, like I said, he's going to get, had a good day. He had a good day. He picked off Dak one time. And so Dak ends up coming over to Diggs because they're just kind of, you know, going back and forth. And Dak basically says, I bet you, th-, you we hear him say, I bet you $1,000. So goes to the line. They put Jarwin out wide. So it's uh, Diggs, Jarwin. Blake runs his route, makes the catch over Diggs, and we hear Dak kind of say a little something, and, and they went on his way. So Jarwin looked nice. Dalton Schultz had a nice catch as well. Day one of practice, no pads. I, I just think that you should feel very good about what Blake Jarwin can, can, can give this football team. He admitted that he was happy for Dalton Schultz, that they're friends. We saw them both working out together, putting in extra time after practice. They're, they're going to push each other. They want to compete. But it doesn't seem like there's any animosity there at all in terms of, man, I'm going to yeah. beat this guy. Like like we saw with your boys, Orlando Skandrick and Mike Jenkins, that, that back in the day, that corner little battle like that. It's not like that. It's, 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 it's not all... like that. But, but these guys are here to compete. And I, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you should, be, you should feel real comfortable uh... about the Titans. Now, here's a question, okay, guys. Here's a question I had about the Titans, just looking at these guys. Do they keep four? Okay, so if you got Dalton Schultz, you got Blake Jarwin, you got Sean McCune, do you keep Jeremy Sprinkle? You know, what do you do with, with these four tight ends? You're going to keep three guys. Where do you go with this? And then how does the NFL um, change the practice squad? Last year they let veterans be, be on there, a lot of veterans. So is it bigger or is it small? But how, what do they do with the three tight ends? It's going to be real interesting. If you are, if you're the fourth, okay. if you're the fourth tight end, you better be up there with with uh with, with Fossil in the uh, in the special teams meeting. All right, you better be back there. You know, doing playing the wing on, on either side, tell them you'll play PP, doing whatever you can because that's going to determine how many tight ends they keep because they will not have one of those guys just sitting sitting back on the sideline waiting to go in behind uh, Dalton and uh, and Jarwin. Yeah, you're you right, D-Mac. Even the third spot, you got to be one of the, the premier core special teams players because there's just too many weapons on this offense to keep three tight ends, in my opinion. I mean, I don't think they're going to be, you know, trotting out 12 personnel a lot out there with that two tight end set. I, I just don't see it. We got too many weapons at receiver. We got Gallup. We got Coop. We got um, Lamb. And then we got guys underneath them, Brown, all those guys. So there's just too many offensive weapons, in my opinion, to go ahead and keep three tight ends. Plus, you got an offensive line who we've seen get injured in the past. So you got to have some swing tackles and some guys that can play 
all three um, interior positions on the offensive line. So for me, if you're that third tight end, that Sprinkle or or the other guy from Michigan, you're going to have to be a premier McEwen. You're going to have to be a premier core special teamer um, if you're going to if you're going to make this squad. And then, and then, like you said, you don't see a lot of animosity between Jarwin and and Schultz. I don't know, man. When it gets closer to <laughs> not cutting time, and, and 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 Schultz is looking over there like, hold on, man. Jarwin then got three seam balls. I mean, he's been double covered, still getting the ball passed to him. And all I get me is these little hitch, these little five yard routes. What's going on here? So I I'm, I can see the animosity picking up towards the end of camp. All right, let's hit another break in here. I still want to touch on Mike McCarthy and Hard Knocks and the cameras that are out here for the Dallas Cowboys and also Ezekiel Elliott and his admission to uh, a subpar 2020 season. That's coming up right here on the Players' Lines with Nui Scruggs, Barry Church, and Danny McRae on DallasCowboys.com radio. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Back to the Players' Lounge. All right, Players' Lounge is back. The three Amigo Negroes doing our thing. Oh, we do it every Friday. We do it every Friday. Oh, look at it. I love this. I love it. Hashtag. Hashtag three Amigo Negroes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Barry Church, Danny McCray, two former Dallas Cowboys safeties. I'm merely a media member. I'm Newey Scruggs. All right, Hard Knocks is here, man. The cameras are everywhere. Man, dude, they get to go places we don't go, okay? So as a TV media member, I am bitter. They are everywhere. I mean, everywhere. So I asked head coach Mike McCarthy, for first Todd Archer of ESPN asked McCarthy his thoughts. And he said, all right, I was driving in the rain, and I nearly wrecked, wrecked my truck and drove off the road when they told me about it. But he said, then I, I gathered myself, talked to Jerry, so, uh, okay, I'm on board. So then that was my time to jump on in there. And I said, okay, we have seen this show 
and the perceptions of coaches be shaped on it. Um, the perception wasn't good for Dave Campo. It wasn't good for Hugh Jackson and, and Jeff Fisher. It was good for John Gruden. So how do you approach this, and what are your thoughts about how the nation's going to perceive you? And he spoke that he has thought about it. Then he tried to go into the whole, I'm just going to be myself, da, 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 da. But I got some intel on the download that Mike McCarthy is worried about it because mm. we know how guys look as head coaches with this show. And also we know how Jerry is. Jerry's a very dominating personality. And you don't want it to see head coach, he just looked like this weak puppet. I mean, you just don't want to have that. And that's how Campo ended up looking many times when they did hard knocks. So I, I, I'm going to be very interested to see exactly how this thing ends up shaping out here and what they do. Yeah, it's going it's to be a tough one because, like you said, uh, Mr. Jones over there, Jay Jones, he, he's very dominant when it comes to, to the camera time. So it's going to be hard for, uh, for McCarthy, in my opinion, to kind of shine a little bit in there. He might seem like a like kind of like a puppet a little bit, but we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I'm just glad I was never part of, of a hard knock situation because just imagine, D-Mac, you coming in as an undrafted free agent. It's your, it's your first training camp. You, you got the, 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 the walls of the practice field all lined <laughs> with fans, and then you see the HBO cameras there. I mean, so you know if you get burnt, shook, you get stiff arm, something crazy <laughs> like that happens, it's going to be on blast on Hard Knocks, and everybody back at your home is going to be watching, man, you let that boy do you like that? Because there's been plenty of times when that training camp where I done got ran over, <laughs> struck, got Zach Martin them blew me off my feet or something like that, but nobody has seen it except for the players, so I was cool <laughs> on that one. Man, I'm telling you, it's going to have a lot of cats going to be nervous out there with them cameras out there. Come prepared to play. Let, let, let me tell you something, man. This is what McCarthy better. He better not let it happen, okay? We already know that Jerry is going to be the main topic, the main guy on Hard Knocks. What McCarthy yes. better not let happen is Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, and the special teams coach. They better not have more to say, more input, be more interesting, more any of that through this season because – the perception that we already have is McCarthy sitting there with his play card, but Kellen's running the offense. Uh, the special team coach is calling whatever he want to call, and Dan Quinn is going to come in here and do his thing and try to get to his new Legion right. of Boom rolling. So what, what is McCarthy doing? He needs to, like, we need to see that because if things go good, then they're going to get a, uh, get a props to the guys they've seen on camera. If they go bad, then it's going on McCarthy. So I just, I just want to see what it is he's doing and, and, and what type of coaching he, he is bringing to the table. I'm yeah, very interested. Be, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, no, oh, I was just going to say, it could, it could be like a Robert Sala type thing where, you know, half of the time during the games, the camera was on Robert Sala, no, no matter what was going on. I, I remember I'm looking, I'm like, is he the head coach or is it Kyle Shannon? I, I had no idea what was going on. So it could end up being something like that. So hopefully McCarthy comes with it. Well, I can tell you from what I've seen, just a little bit of, of watching the cameras and where we were focused on, uh, Bones Fossil is definitely going to get some, uh, some love on Hard Knocks. DeMonte KZ spoke about how Dan Quinn ended up giving these guys a test. They played, he played a, a Run DMC song, and they had to write down and just remember everything that came from the song. So played it. Then he hit him back, okay, what'd you write? Because he's talking about note-taking. That was his whole thing about how to take notes. All right, what did you take away? What can you remember for the song? How did you take notes on it? And Mike McCarthy said he was impressed in what Dan Quinn did. Of course, none of these guys can tell me what song was played. Like, yeah, I run DMCs before my time, so I don't know. I was like, so was it, it's tricky? Was it my Adidas? 
<laughs> was it, you know, tougher than leather, um, walk this way. Nobody knew. None of these players could tell me a thing about it. So that is, I, I hope that the Hard Knock cameras ended up catching that. And I'd like to see exactly what happened there. Also, um, Isaac uh, Alaracone was a guy from Monterey Tech. He was a guy the cameras were following around. He's an offensive tackle here. So um, this is a guy that could end up getting some play on hard knocks. So let, let's see exactly how the perceptions come on that. Also, and it, go ahead. And, and it's usually it's usually the guys that are on the chance here and I think that would be extremely nerve-wracking as a, as a new guy coming in you just try to focus on the playbook and focus on getting your job done but you got the cameras I don't know if I made it or not so it's got to be tough for young undrafted cats not as much for the guys that made the dance it's got to be nerve-wracking for the guys with that line Hindsight is 2020, Church, but we would have been all right. Uh, we we might have been some stars uh, if we would have had hard knocks. <laughs> we got the charisma. Guys, yeah, two undrafted guys come in, make the team. You know, the hard knocks might come back another year. We still on the squad, still rolling. I'm saying, I think we would have been all right. You would have been a little nervous, but it, it would have paid dividends for you. True, true. Well, the other aspect, too, is so then they start to look at these players, especially the undrafted ones, then they want to go and find their families because we see how they have their dads or their girlfriends and, 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 the, and the moms. And so they go up, end up going to their hometown and checking in with them. And then you see them there at the games. And so it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they do with the hard knocks. But they, they've got access like crazy. I just find it funny how Mike McCarthy limits us uh, from the local media standpoint about what we can see and shoot. And there's hard knocks getting everything. Get everything. I'm just kind of. Hey, this, 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 this is a little messy, but I don't listen. I want to know if anybody from Hard Knocks is going to ask CD Lamb what happened on draft night with that cell phone that he snatched out of that girl hand. I want to know if that's going to come up and is he are they still together? I want to know if that's going to be a part of the TV show. I'm inquiring minds okay. want to know what is going on. I will do this. I, I will do this. If they don't ask, I, I, I'm able to get ask for one-on-one -on -one interviews, and they're granting us that. So I'll I'll ask for a CD Lamb interview, and uh, and I'll ask. Yeah, I got I gotta know. <laughs> Shit, uh, no. Hey, yeah. I gotta know. No, get off this wax on, wax off on my phone. Know your role, yes. Uh, <laughs> Look, man. Oh, if live, I, if, live TV. <laughs> if I were an agent, I would advise everybody. Fellas, if you're not engaged, they can't come. They can't come to the draft party and sit on the couch. They can be over to the side, but this thing has this thing needs to be for family members only. I mean, mm -hmm. look how Russell Wilson's first wife looked, man. You know, she all in the video. I mean, people use that gif for her all day long, man. And, <laughs> and then the one Johnny Manziel had on draft day, she's gone. I mean, they don't last long. But it's truly the NFL, man. These 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 girl these college girlfriends, they don't last long, man. Yes, I know exactly. Yes, yes, I think. <laughs> Mama just like, Ugh, get out <laughs> the way. 
Oh, we speak French? Oh, we? <laughs> Ain't no we. <laughs> All I thought of was that... That 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 ludicrous song. Get out the way. Get out the way, girl. Get out the way. Move. Get out the way. I mean, the mama just busts like, um, out the way. So, yeah, man. Uh, I've I've done this long enough to know, as a media member, that many people who are involved in these draft day scenes, uh, that are the girlfriends, uh, don't don't normally they're not, they're normally not there at the end of the press conference when the when the guys are retiring and announcing that they're done. So. So it. Uh, that's why I say if I was if I were if I were an agent, I would I would be saying that very thing. To, hey, um, let's let's try to keep people off to the side here who are not family members. You know, it's, it's what it's what I. Do. <laughs> it's it, smart. It, it is what it's. Yes, save it you is. some embarrassment. <laughs> Questions yes. got to uh, get asked after the show. It's years later. I want to know what happened to CD Lamb. So yeah, that I think that's good advice, Newt. Let me touch on Ezekiel Elliott, who turned 26 yesterday. The fans here at Oxnard, by the way, they lined up early. If you are going to come out to Cowboys camp here in Oxnard, California, get here early because there's the parking has been limited because they've now built more and more houses over here near the practice field, so there's just not the kind of space that it used to be to come out here to park. So you definitely need to get here early. They serenaded Ezekiel Elliott with a happy birthday wish. Uh, Zeke admitting that Dak Prescott got him a very nice gift for his birthday, a, a diamond bracelet. Um, Elliot was very good in owning up to last season of fumbling too much, of saying that it wasn't his best year, that he decided to get lean. He's now at the 218, which he was his freshman year at Ohio State. And watching a little bit of practice, I love the screen game I saw him. I think that Ezekiel Elliott is going to have a nice season. So if you are drafting in your fantasy league, I would tell you, you might be able to get Zeke on a steal if you're sitting here uh, in the back half of your league because there's some people that will sleep on him. Mike McCarthy also spoke about wanting to get this run game going here. So I'm expecting 21 to have a big year. But what I want to know is, are, are they going to be splitting reps again? Is he still going to be giving them reps and them totes to Tony Pollard as well? I mean, I'd love to see Zeke carry this team. I think he looks great. He's slimmed up. Boy looks trim and cut up all over the place. But is he going to be splitting these reps? I hope not because I'll, I'll go after him on fantasy if he's going to be that lead dog, that lead back. But uh, people seem to love Tony Pollard and what he's able to do coming out of the backfield. So that would be my next biggest question. Is he going to split reps or are we going to see the, the Zeke of old who, who basically carried the team? So we'll see well, what happens. Well, first, well, first of all, Church, you got the 12th pick in the draft, so you will not be touching Ezekiel Elliott, okay? I just want to let you know that. Second of all, since you slipped down, so you say he's no longer a fullback to you, right? He's no longer Full a fullback. Back. He's back. He, he ain't Tyler Klutz. He ain't Tyler Klutz. He ain't not Tyler Klutz. <laughs> wow. yeah, Ezekiel Elliott won't be on your team, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Hey. wow. Thumbed up, man. They said he's looking good now, so I can't call him a fullback no more. McCarthy was asked about Pollard, and he spoke about him lining up as a wide receiver and just trying to find ways to put him in space and give him some matchup problems. So I, I, that, that's, this is where the Joneses are going to try and need to see a return on their investment from Kellen Moore with a whole lot of options and a whole lot of uh, weapons to play with. Let's see what they do. But McCarthy did come out and say that he, they wanted to make sure they could run the football. And I... I truly believe this. With Dak coming off that ankle injury, they would be very wise to make sure they're running the football to start the season. I don't know. I mean, we heard it before. Last year, you know, McCarthy coming <laughs> in. Yes, Zeke's going to get True. the ball. He's going to be toting that thing. He's going to be running all over the place. I know. And what we see, you know. 
Fourth we lied to before. We lied to before. We, we throwing <laughs> listen, hitches. We, but we faking punts. We doing all types of stuff. But church, what 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 do we know, bro? McCarthy can say whatever he wants to about play calling. He does not have anything to do with it. Of course, he probably <laughs> wanted to run the ball at some point. And Keller was like, "Nah, we're gonna run the dick. We're gonna run an over route." with uh, CeeDee Lamb, and he come up two yards short. That's what we're going to do two, two, three times throughout the season. So he can say whatever he wants to, but at the end of the day, Kellen Moore, Fossil, and Dan Quinn are the guys who are going to be calling plays on Sundays. Mm. Mm. We'll see. Okay. We'll see, exactly. we'll see we'll what see. McCarthy that, got in hand. That is, that is the beauty of this. Is we're, we're going to see it. There's so many more questions to, that we get to – ask and, and things that we're going to see more of. I'm just excited that football's back. I'm excited the Players' Lounge is back. This is, this is what we do, man. We, we, love, we love football. We love everything that we, 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 we get out of doing this, man. And there's, there's options. And I'm, I'm excited about the fact that there's, there's options and what all the Cowboys could do. But I say this because I had to do an NBC Sports uh, podcast today. I said, we talk all about this offense, this defense. If the defense doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Okay. You, you can't, sit out, can't sit up here and try and win these, you know, a 42-40 shoot. It can't be the Big 12, or at least what's going to be left of the Big 12 after Oklahoma and Texas leave for the SEC. But you can't be that. <laughs> top, ten. Be that. Top, top 10, baby. Oh, top 10. Do we, top 10. Do we, let, me, let me ask you real quick. Well, D-Mac over here talking about top 10. I don't know about all that. Top but 10. what did you see from Keanu Neal, you know, the other the other 42, because you know the real 42 right here, but the other 42, <laughs> what did you see from him at that linebacker position? Does he look fluid? Does he look like he's knowing what he's doing back there or up there? Yeah, honestly, I did not pay that much attention to Neal. I didn't. Okay. Uh, one of the things I was, I, I had a nice spot on the sidelines where Diggs was. So and Diggs and Wright were playing the corner. So I really was checking those guys out. And then I was consistently looking to see who the offensive line combinations were. So they did a lot at the right tackle. They had in Lel Collins. They had in Ty Nasecki. They had in Terrence, uh, Terrence Steele there. Uh, I saw where they were. Uh, McGovern got a little bit of run with that first team uh, when he would switch out with Connor Williams. So I was kind of just being real judicious of where I was looking at. Then I was checking out Parsons to see what he was doing here. I didn't get to see uh, Boss Man Fat very much because he was on the other side of the football field at the other corner spot here. So I was just really trying to look in on a key thing, a couple key things. And of course, you're checking out Dak Prescott the whole time here. But I'll definitely have to get out here and, and check out Neil and, 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 and some more of KZ as well. KZ's small, by the way. He is a small guy. I was very yeah, he's a little surprised dude. by that. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. But he says he's healthy. He says, he says he's crazy KZ, and, and he thinks he can get back to, to turn, get the football turned over. The defense, by the way, gentlemen, the defense did look good yesterday. They did not make things easy on the I offense. Mean, I know it's no pads, but at least it's a positive sign. And my boy Diggs is working on a second contract, D-Mac. Oh, hey, here we team. go. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. If, if, if Dan Quinn is the guy that I think he is, then knew it. You might be right about that second contract. You know, um, we, I, I like his measurables. Just the first season with my man Nolan, goodness, I, I, in my mind, I guess nobody could really look good, especially if you're a rookie. That's not the type of coaching that you want to walk into the NFL and have on your, for, for your first season. So I'm going to give him a mulligan for that. Uh, for the first season, he did do some good things. But okay. if, he's, if he's able to, to uh, produce under Dan Quinn, then Nui, I, I can see that second contract coming. Maybe not with the Cowboys if they did let Byron Jones go, but he's he going to make some money somewhere. Let me yeah, throw yeah, this out here. Go ahead, Nui. Go ahead. 
I, I forgot to say, I mentioned uh, Tank Lawrence did not practice. He's on the pup list. Tank Lawrence is on the pup list. Our man Tristan Hill's on the pup list. The kicker Zerline's on the pup list. Uh, Mitch Hyatt's on the pup list as well. So they, they're, they're saying it was a cleanup for Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, we'll see exactly what that means. Uh, it's the back mm. again. So the we'll back. It just is third. His third back surgery. Ain't it? Like I said, we'll we'll see. It was just kind of interesting to hear hear how McCarthy put it. But he says he has he has he twenty million year. Twenty yeah. million year. Nui, mm. Nui. This totally off topic, and we and we gonna have to dig deeper into this probably next week. But I saw a quote from Nick Saban that said, "If you guys knew." the numbers that our quarterback is making, and he hasn't even played a down yet up at Alabama since players are able to get that money right now. He said it's in the seven figures. Yeah. He ain't even played a hasn't down yet. Hasn't played a snap yet. Millions, and already got a million bucks. Like, what? Mm. We, we'll talk about it, but what? how do you walk into your sophomore season, your junior season, and just continue to be motivated to make, you know, X, Y, Z, when you already make a million dollars, you ain't even played it down yet. Mm. I think that Nick Saban, being the master coach he is, is going to figure out how to make sure that his quarterback, despite being, you know, a million dollar whatever earner, is uncomfortable. And what have we consistently seen there? Just because you start for Nick doesn't mean you get to stay as a starter. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Okay, Jalen Hurts may end up being the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's a guy that lost his job and had to transfer to Oklahoma. So I don't see that ever changing with Nick Saban. Something that people don't talk about a whole lot of, and I would challenge anybody to go to this. Go look at who Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney over at Clemson University, go look at the four- and five-star quarterbacks they've signed and look at how many of them left. There's a whole lot of dudes leaving Tuscaloosa and leaving Clemson. People don't talk about it so much because the guys who stay are obviously the dudes who get all the puck. But there's a lot of guys that are these, these blue-star dudes who just don't make it uh, for Nick or Dabo. I'm talking about the player's perspective, though, not the coach. I'm saying oh, as oh. a player, as a player, right? Hey. This guy ain't played it down yet, got millions of dollars, and then whatever. Like you said, Nick Saban, hey, listen, if you, ain't, if you ain't starting, you know, whatever, what does the player do now? I got millions. Like, I'm going to transfer and continue to go to college, or I'm going to sit on, on the M's that I got as an 18-year-old and just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. We'll, we'll figure it out. I know this. If I'm a teammate, I want to be that friend. I'm going to be that new quarterback's best friend, real fast. Where are we eating at, home? I mean, really, if I'm that guy, man, I go live. I go get me an apartment someplace off campus. I try to get away because everybody's trying to get up in him, man. And and I would yeah, say, I man, don't don't buy a luxury car. I really, I would say, hey, man, you want to live below your means. You want to be like a regular dude because people are going to be coming after you. Because I know this, man. If he, if I'm a student and all of a sudden I see him him driving his expensive car, I run out that cross. I'm like, oh, I got hit. Oh, you hit me. <laughs> Look here, you better call. I just got hit that car. <laughs> <Got> hit that <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I need to get paid. Can you buy me a car? So you are targeting. I mean, so these guys are getting this money, but they're about to be targets on their college campuses, man, because you will not be a regular student at all. You won't even be a regular teammate. Mm-mm-mm. Well, at least they got their bread, man. I'm just glad they finally was able to, NCAA finally able to let these guys get their money, man, after they were stealing for years and years and years. So good for them players, man. Good, get your go money. Back. Go get your money. I want to go I want to go back. I need retro. I need a retro year, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll see when Dabo Sweeney quits, because he said, you know, if they do it, he's gonna go ahead and leave it, because it's not what, what he wants to be about. So we'll see when Dabo decides to hang it up. Him, him he ain't passing up the millions. 
He ain't passing up the millions. Him and Cole Beasley saying, Cole Beasley talk all that mess. Mark Cuban said, all right, I'm going to give you some stock in Pfizer. Now, now go get the vaccine. I'm just waiting to see what Cole Beasley say after that. Is, is he going to get the hey, shot or not? Nope. I'll say this. If, you know, if, Cole, if Cole Beasley gets paid to take this vaccine, smart on him, right? Smart on him. Good That's for you. True. Make it work for yourself. If you can. So, all good. Hey, we're over time here. And, and, and um, William and, and Chris, who are out here knocking it out and doing a great job, they, they need to go do something else. So let's end this play. Podcast has been fun. We could talk on forever, but you know what? I also got to go get some work in here. Dak is talking today. Very excited about that. The Olympics start on NBC. Uh, opening ceremony, so I'm excited to go check that out. Watch a little bit uh, this morning. Gonna go watch it. Watch it later on tonight, guys. It's fun to be back. Three amigo Negroes doing our thing. Pretty yes, soon we'll be day doing our stuff for Players Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com. For Barry Church, Danny McCray, I'm New East Scores. We're out. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,